0: Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson, the most hated, tallest libertarian there is, and alongside me, really across the table from me, but side by side on the video, Mr. Nathaniel Paul, beloved, benevolent Thurston.
1: That's my full Christian given name. How's it
0: going today?
1: It's going pretty good. you know i I noticed I'm wearing like a an all like this white kind of hoodie here, and you're wearing like all black right now. Mm-hmm
0: kind of like, Looks like we you're need, rich enough to afford new clothes We need this and I'm wearing the hey, same thing
1: Now it's time for me to brag about my deals that I get this is what girls do when you when you compliment their clothing hey, I like, like that hoodie Oh well thank you Charlie you know I got this for six dollars at Target on the clearance rack Nice man I know I love that. That's exactly what you get when you yeah, talk to yeah. a girl. Like, hey, nice shoes. Oh, thank you. I got the got these for seventy five percent off. At, they um, never. You never yeah. hear. Oh yeah, I paid full price for these.
0: <laughs> Actually, paid over. Yeah, what they were worth. You never hear that. There's no. always a
1: deal. No, yeah, there's, and it's like this These conversation girls be about wheeling and dealing, and it's it's about how good they are at good at getting deals. Yes. that's really what they want to talk mm-hmm. about. And it's like the, now you're just trying to up each other on your deal getting game. Well, this is Good Morning Liberty, by the way, where we talk about life, Liberty, and the pursuit of discounted clothing <laughs> every single day of the week when we want to make I sure. Feel like I
0: got, I got, I got. Taken advantage of now. Mm-hmm. I got yeah. gypped. You know how much more your shirt was than mine, you idiot? I got this for, <laughs> at Sam's Club for $12, and now I feel like I've wasted my money.
1: I will tell you, this thing feels like if I were to sneeze, it's going to rip apart. Okay. So it's, it, it was worth roughly what I paid for it, and that's why it was on the clearance rack. Gotcha. All right, just, just, so, everyone and just so everyone listening at home knows, that is, that's what I'm wearing. Anyway, we got a lot to talk about today. You guys know this whole COVID thing is going on. We'll talk about that here in a minute. First, we got to get to the breaking news. I get on Twitter and I see why is Atlas Shrugged trending on Twitter? Finally, we have had a transformation and a revolution and everyone is out there reading Ayn Rand. That's really a bunch of people giving Aaron Rodgers crap for pointing out the fact that he had Atlas Shrugged on his bookshelf. Has he ever read it? I have no idea. I think probably half the people who have that book haven't actually read it. They just have it so they can say that they have it. I've got it in my Audible. Never listen to the darn thing. It's like freaking 90 hours long. I don't have time to do that. Mm. So anyway, Charlie, tell tell us about this story about your favorite quarterback, Aaron Rodgers.
0: <laughs> okay. Why is he my favorite? Um, He's a good quarterback. He is good. Yeah. He has beat the Cowboys plenty of times in the playoffs.
1: But as you'll see from some blue check marks here, they need to go ahead and cut him now mm-hmm. because of this.
0: All right, this coming from the Blaze. Thanks, Glenn. Such a nice guy. just
1: Sending us content spending, all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Leftists lose it after Aaron Rodgers says Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged is on his bookshelf. Quote, trade him. Fuck it. I need a bleep button. That's a quote from the article title. I can't believe Glenn used the F-word, honestly. It probably goes against his Mormon beliefs. But yeah. anyway, from the moment he called out politicians who don't obey their own COVID-19 mandates a year ago to his more recent takedowns of the woke mob and cancel culture, particularly with regard to vaccines and his uh, revelation that he consulted with podcaster Joe Rogan for COVID-19 treatment after contracting the virus a few months ago, the free-thinking Rogers has been rising fast on the left's mo- left's most hated list.
1: That is a that is a reason to be hated. Consulting Joe Rogan for medical advice. I mean, who goes to? Rogan by the way, for I sent that, you know? a screenshot today.
0: A oh yeah, quarter the quarter four numbers of 2021 for media. Uh, Joe Rogan smashes everyone by everyone. Like, what was the the next closest one to him was Tucker Carlson. And he, was four, he has four times as many downloads as Tucker Carlson. As many viewers.
1: As many viewers. Listeners. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's insane. He's got like more listeners than all of CNN combined, which is good. We should feel pretty happy about that. I'm surprised we're not moving quicker in the right direction with that many people listening to him. Mm-hmm. I, by the way, that always bothers me. This has always been an annoying thing. Well, but let's me. put
0: that in perspective, by the way, because it's 11 million. Yeah. Which, okay, that's a lot. It's a lot of people. There's 330 million people in this country. That's so, true. you know, even if you convert or if you can sway 100% of your audience, mm-hmm. well, that was, that's only one one eighth of what voted in the election.
1: But then so, here, here's what always president. bothers me. Now, I realize that most of the media that you consume comes from the left, I assume, but judging by those numbers, which one would you say is mainstream media? Yeah, you know, right. Because when we say, oh, the mainstream media is doing this, even Fox does it. Fox criticizes the mainstream media when they've got like 10 times more viewers than all the other media channels. Yeah. I've always thought that was kind of weird. I don't know. Anyway.
0: Well, you have to have someone to blame.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. So back to Aaron Rodgers
0: here on, on Monday night, Aaron Rodgers gave them another reason to froth at the mouth and to elevate their screams,
1: their silent screams. Yeah, the
0: silent screams. The quarterback told the Manning brothers he reads quote a lot of French poetry, and then pointed to uh, at a bookshelf behind him and said he's got Atlas Shrugged by by Ayn Rand over here.
1: I like how he trolls people. By the way, and there was no reason he needed to point at Atlas Shrugged and point it out. No. to Peyton Manning or Eli Manning. There's no reason to do that other than to troll. Troll. That's that's I really it. Love it. Yeah.
0: Uh, Rand and particularly Atlas Shrugged increasingly over the last deca- decade or so have become favorite targets of the militant left who say the author and her famous book espouse a me-first ideology. But fans counter that Rand's writings inspire and uphold individual freedom.
1: And what do you think's wrong with the with the me-first, like their critique as it espouses a me-first ideology? When I see that, I see nothing wrong with it. Yep. A, at all. I'm I really don't. You can't take care of anyone unless you take care of
0: yourself first. Exactly. You actually, you can't love anyone unless you love yourself first. That's true. Haven't you guys seen that meme on Facebook?
1: (laughs) I saw it. Going around? I saw it.
0: Yeah, it's... You can't love anyone unless you first love yourself.
1: What good, if you're really worried about society, what good are you going to be to society if you can't even take care of yourself? You know? It's like the old analogy... Uh, from, the, from the Taiwanese proverb goes, when you're sitting in an airplane and the mask come down and you got a child right next to you, mm-hmm. what do you say? You say, F the child, and you put your own mask on first. Yeah. Because if you lose your oxygen while you're trying to get your freaking screaming, squirming kid to put their mask on, and you pass out, then both of you guys are gone.
0: I think according, when historians unearthed that proverb from Taiwan... I, I want to say that they said I want underneath it in the, like the fine print of the scribe. It said, "This is the <laughs> this is an appropriate time to punch a baby." Yeah, that's what it said.
1: <laughs> so I was just reading some of the comments in the group from people who joined by going to goodmorningliberty.locals.com By the way, they're the ones who talked to us during the show. <laughs> some funny comments on here, but Joe made a good point. Said everyone yell at me to get vaccinated so they can be protected. How is that not the me first mentality? Exactly. I'm sick of Charlie over here telling me to get my 19th booster. Okay? <laughs> so he can feel safe. That's not for that's me. That's just selfishness right there. And then someone else in the group, not to be named, said, let's be honest, which of you has done more for society? The child hasn't proved this worth yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's really the point there. The me first mentality, it's looked at selfishness, that's awful. But if you actually want to help people, you're going to have to be in some type of good standing on your own. Like what's the best way, let's say this is hypothetical. We'll just say like I make, what's a good math figure we could throw out here. Let's say I make $2,000 a month, but my bills are 1500 And my mom, well, she makes like 12 or 13, something like that. She needs some money to pay her bills. And so I could take all my leftover money and just give it to her and help her out, which I, which I probably would. Okay, but then we both just end up staying poor for a long time. But what if I invested that money for a little bit? All right, I focused on building my own wealth first, and then I have plenty of money to not only help her, but to help the whole family and to help the whole community, or should I just deplete whatever I have that's extra every single month and never build anything at all? That's just a recipe for everyone staying poor. For a long time. When you
0: build your own wealth, you're just going to buy jets and yachts and stuff with it, you know.
1: And I will pay my mom to build those jets. You see? (laughs) Trickle down. There we go. Okay. Anyway, I got some stuff to put on the screen if you want to go through some of these tweets. It's almost like a dumb, dumb bleep right now.
0: All right. So from Marcus Hayes, he says, Aaron Rodgers brags he has Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged on his bookshelf. Explains everything.
1: And explains why he's so
0: messed up, man explains why he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL.
1: Maybe it does explain everything. That is why he's so concerned with individualism and Mm -hmm. doing such a good job. You know, I don't know.
0: Uh, Aaron from the Palmer Report, Aaron Rodgers just bragged that he has Ayn Rand's Atlas Shrugged on his bookshelf, explains all his lying about being vaccinated and such. He's one of those, quote, screw everyone else before they can screw you wackos. People like this are always a danger to others screw everyone else i don't before, I don't before
1: they can screw you so is the opposing side that you should allow everyone else to screw you and then wait to screw everyone else afterwards yeah. what is that i don't know what the argument is that they're screw that they're making yourself before others screw everyone else before they can screw you that's not a very good way to look at society overall i don't think palmer reports got some pretty ridiculous stuff out there but it's a massive page um, yeah, once again, they just hate that that their individualism I ain't no fans of it, man. All right, from Salam Batty, he
0: says, uh, "Pre-college, I had an op uh, opportunity to read Atlas Shrugged, write an essay, and have a chance at ten thousand dollars. I thought easy money until I started to read it. Long story short, I took out college loans instead of subjecting myself to any more of that drivel. <laughs> well." Salam. I'm glad. Took
1: out loans instead of reading he, Atlas Shrugged and writing a report on it.
0: What he meant to say until I started to read it and I couldn't understand it. Just
1: didn't, <laughs> couldn't understand a word. <laughs> so I gave up because I couldn't comprehend it. <laughs> and then that's it. Magoo says,
0: "Wait until they read Magoo Shrugged,
1: <laughs> <laughs> the new novel." Yeah, Magoo shrugged. Okay, even if you don't agree with it,
0: you couldn't read it and write an essay on it, it just doesn't make any sense.
1: yeah, I don't know. That
0: is some virtue signaling if I've ever seen it before it's, in my
1: life it's a it it shows you know that's maybe why a lot of people are in such terrible financial situations because they're unwilling to uh to think mm-hmm. for a little bit. That's really all it is. And the dude also reads French poetry, yeah.
0: Like Rogers, yeah, Rogers. Not, this guy. not. not uh, he might, yeah. Body might I do. No it. Idea. I don't know. No. I don't know. Salam, Salam, body. Sounds like a body. All right. Um, I don't know him, but Rogers reads French poetry as well, so you can tell the guy probably Rogers has some intelligence. You know, to to read French poetry. That's not something that's, you know, most he's, people do in
1: passing. He's also a pretty good quarterback, which does require you to. uh, Think on your feet. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. it's a pretty smart guy.
0: <laughs> and you'll notice most of the best quarterbacks are pretty smart guys. Mm-hmm. They all have probably an SAT score that's above average.
1: You know, that was one of the I main things say. that uh, Bill Belichick looked for, was actually how smart the, the people were that he was picking. Not, not just their stats as far as how, good, how fast they can run or anything like that, but he, he looked for intellect. Uh, because, well, we know why. Because he's pretty good, I guess. Anyway, moving aside from people's unwillingness to consider other opinions or consider the idea that people be individuals, from Maryland. All right. Hogan, which is the governor.
0: Well, and let's, let's wrap this up by saying what they're trying to do. What they're trying to do is take the moral high ground. That's what they've been doing all along. Mm-hmm. By saying... They're, they're pinning people against each other by saying, okay, if you believe in individual freedom, well, therefore you are the, an immoral person. You're selfish. You're true. selfish. Mm-hmm. You're immoral. Look at us. We advocate for the group. We, we want, and I think, you know, like Jordan Peterson made a good point of this when he was talking in that GQ interview, when he told the girl to quit, mm-hmm. well, just quit your job. And somebody else probably deserves it. than you like you're a white female.
1: She didn't want to do that.
0: And she didn't want to do that, of no. course. Because um, it, it's never selfish when they pursue their endeavors at all. It, it's never about paying for their college. It's never about you know, their, their health care or anything like that. It's always about the group, and somehow their uh, moral compass points further north than yours does.
1: And I can't imagine how that works, because what you're saying is that a group should be a bunch of people who are only there to help other people, but then also that's entirely made up of people who wouldn't take care of themselves. They're reliant on other people who are refusing to take care of themselves to take care of them. You guys see how this, like this chain don't work. Mm-hmm. The dog doesn't float. It, it just, it just quite doesn't work because you're um, you're relying on everyone to think about everyone else but not themselves, but everyone is relying on that at all times. You just get one little error in your code right there and the whole thing falls apart. It's like the... It's made up of a bunch of people who can't take care of themselves, but they're required to take care of the entire group. Mm-hmm. I don't, it just don't make no sense. It's like
0: the the self-fulfilling energy wheel. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right? You're trying to... The energy can produce enough energy to, to keep producing the same amount of energy which is not possible it's not possible
1: it never works all right from maryland the boat that boat don't hunt the governor declares a 30-day state of emergency a state enters its most challenging time of the pandemic right now is the most challenging time of the pandemic governor larry hogan declared 30 days of emergency Uh, maryland Oh, okay then mobilizes the National Guard to assist state and local health officers at testing and vaccine sites, author- and authorizes the State Department of Health to take steps to increase staffing at overwhelmed hospitals. Hogan predicted that Maryland is expected. Hogan predicted that Maryland is expected to see its most challenging phase of the pandemic in the next four to six weeks. He said models are showing that hospitals could see more than five thousand people hosp- hospitalized which would amount to a 250% increase in hospitalizations. He said, with this new surge of Omicron, it's important for Marylanders to go back to using common sense and doing the things that will keep us safe. Avoiding crowds, keeping your distance, washing your hands, and yes, once again, wearing the damn masks. I'll be pounding his fists on the table as he was saying that. Okay, here's a, Couple, of, He said, um, washing your hands, wearing the mask. According to the CDC, I looked this up earlier, the chance of contracting SARS-CoV-2 from a surface is .001%. Just so everyone knows. So this whole disinfectant hand sanitizer thing that everyone's obsessed with, I refuse to do it. Every time Like we walk in the store, we're out shopping for really good deals on the clearance shelves with my wife, and she uses the hand sanitizer. And we go, and she's like, oh, she used the hand sanitizer. And I'm like, no. I am not going to give in to shoddy science. It just ain't going to happen. In fact, I'm going to rub this rail and hey, pick my nose. I'm going to lick that door handle right now mm. just to prove a point. That's how I got COVID, by the way. It was uh, <laughs> licking rails at Freedom Fest. To prove points. To prove a point. <laughs> then I found... That's so, we didn't get video of
0: that, but Nate was licking rails in the air. He just walked around Freedom Fest just... Lapping Just my up mouth
1: open, no. the air laughing
0: about. It, it was so interesting. Oh, there's Charlie's special friend. She's <laughs> coming down the hallway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, inside of the article, still, I've got some more stuff. So, from Nature.com, they reported that face masks for COVID passed their largest test yet. Yes, the data are in that face masks work, and. In the first five paragraphs, they explain this idea in the study that they're talking about. And they included in that, a doctor says this really should be the end of the debate. Now, in paragraphs six and seven in the article, they say, the study's authors found that surgical masks, but not cloth masks, reduced transmission of SARS-CoV-2 in villages where the research team distributed face masks and promoted their use. The study linked surgical masks with an 11% drop in risk, compare with a 5% drop for cloth masks, which was inside the margin of error. So they could not say the cloth masks are effective at all. That was the most recent study I found for the masks. Uh, I will say, Oh God. let me just say this, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it does decrease the viral load,
1: mm-hmm. which is important. I bet it does. Which is important. I bet it does. By the way. Yeah. What? It, here's the thing I will put out there right now. I'm going to get... Let me say I'm against mask mandates. If someone will, will show me a study that proves the, what Charlie just said, that Fauci implanted in his mind almost two years ago, if someone will show me the study, then I will come on here and tell you why the study is bullshit. All right? Or I'll tell you that I'm wrong. I mean, that's, uh, that's what it was. Okay, continuing in this article... On Tuesday, the state health department reported 3,000 people hospitalized with COVID, a record since the start of the pandemic. The number of patients hospitalized is an increase of 500% in the last seven weeks, Hogan said. Hogan said his focus has been and continues to be keeping people out of hospitals and preventing deaths. Asked about imposing a statewide mask mandate, he said he is not considering one because it is difficult to enforce. And by the way, the reason I clicked on this article the actual reason I clicked on it was because of the headline, which changes when you click on the article. It's not the one that was right there on, I believe, the was, was it the Washington Post? Yeah, it wasn't the article headline that's still on the Washington Post. When you click on it, it changes to uh, nothing about it. It just says that they declare a 30-day state of emergency as the state enters a challenging time. Uh, the actual article title before that was a state of emergency declared in Maryland as Omicron overwhelms hospitals. What they didn't talk about in the article were the uh, the overwhelmed hospitals. Like, they didn't mention it one time in the article, even though that was the headline. Now, I did find an article talking about what the actual hospital numbers are right now, so we're going to be going into some of that. Charlie's trying to find the study right now, but we're going to have to... Um, I have to continue on. By the way, in Maryland, just in case this is important, uh, in Maryland, there there happens to be a pretty good amount of the population that is vaccinated. And one thing that we talked about yesterday, tons and numbers showing that actually majority of people in the hospital have been vaccinated. Now, we did talk about the sample bias on that because a lot of people are vaccinated. Okay, so that's uh, that's going to happen. But here's one piece of it right here. This is what it looks like in each state. Maryland is weirdly down here where like West Virginia is in, uh, in the actual United States. But their number is, uh, let's see, 80% have one dose and 70% are considered fully vaccinated in Maryland. So it's not as if they have like a super terrible vaccination rate or anything like that. But we're already seeing that they're still having overwhelmed hospitals. And with all the stuff we read on yesterday's episode, which Charlie wasn't here for, uh, we're finding that the efficacy of the vaccines with Omicron are uh, uh, basically almost non-existent right uh, right now. It's the study I found. One study I found yesterday said for two shots, it was between zero and 20% efficacy, depending on how long it had been since you had had it. I found a new one today, and then we'll move on to something else. Found a new study today let me put this up here on the screen um, For now, this is pretty crazy. If you are more than six months removed from your two doses, reduce risk of symptomatic COVID-19 uh, relative to an unvaccinated person, you have a two percent lower risk relative to an unvaccinated person. Reduced risk of hospitalization is 51% less risk than someone who is unvaccinated and kind of follows most of the numbers that we've seen. And then if you get that booster, which I don't know why you're cheaping out getting one booster, you need to get eight or nine of them things. If you actually care about the children, Uh, it's if you just got it basically 63% less risk. And we don't know what that's actually going to come out to afterwards. So a little bit better once you get that, there booster all you crazy people out there with only two doses if you got that thing 5 6 months ago you're basically an unvaccinated person against against omicron mm. which means you're probably still going to be fine more than more than likely but but that is what that means all
0: yeah, right interestingly enough it's pretty similar to the flu
1: yeah so in fact even um oh what's the guy's name on CNN said that a couple days ago was talking yeah. about how it's basically omicron is basically the flu now
0: yeah and so the the thing about flu vaccines it's very similar which is your chance of hospitalization and death if you get the vaccine is way less likely than if you don't have it at all especially for old people and children and the thing about flu is it does affect children a lot more than covid does but it's a similar thing and and again you know i'll say i think people should get the vaccine only because you don't know who it's going to target uh, as far as age is concerned. Um, if you're, if you're over the age of 30, let's say, um, and then I don't think kids need it. There's obviously no risk whatsoever with, with kids and COVID. Um, but the biggest reason why is reducing the hospitalization and death, you know, mm-hmm. like I wish my friend Josh would have had it, uh, 33 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I'm against mandating it. Yeah, be clear about that. Yeah, against the mandate. But um, the reducing hospitalization and and death, I think, is very important.
1: Well, what the other thing that's important, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, is we've got tons of different things that have been shown to reduce hospitalization and death. Uh, if you just do one, if you do one thing, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But first, Charlie, tell me a little bit more about how these hospital beds are overflow they're having to put three people to a bed right now from what from what i can tell <laughs> <laughs>
0: Redu- do you get a reduced rate
1: okay. no no i think they're just triple dipping it's actually it actually <laughs> yeah. increases yeah
0: all right hospital this is from um usa it,
1: yeah it was a local, local
0: like a local usa affiliate uh hospital beds filling up across the region as omicron cases go
1: up is from Maryland also, since they declared the state of emergency.
0: Nearly 82% of inpatient beds are currently in use, and nearly 72% of ICU beds are in use in Maryland, according to the Department of Health and Human Services. Maryland Hospital Association President and CEO Bob Atlas said the situation is more dire due to a growing staff shortage. Hmm. Due to a growing staff shortage. Weird. Now, let's... You have to define what makes up a bed in a hospital. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not your bed at home. That it's not they just don't take a bed and they put it in a room and now it's a bed. No. <laughs> they, there has to be a room and a bed and it has to be licensed and staffed yep. for it to count as a bed. So when they when they put these numbers out there, 82% of inpatient beds, you have to classify that and what that actually means what that actual bed means. Yeah. So much like when you go into a restaurant, okay. And you see all these open tables in a restaurant that are just sitting there and they're like, yeah, we're on a wait. We're on a
1: wait. The reason why is because they don't have enough staff to staff those tables. People have always had such a hard time understanding that like you go in and it's like 2 PM and they're on a 30 minute wait and you look around the restaurant and like, There's like 100 open tables out there. This place is empty. Yeah, but we, Olive Garden and Darden Restaurants, have a rule that says that a server can only take care of three tables at the same time. And we've only got three servers on the floor right now. But you need a million bucks to do that. It it doesn't three tables at the same time. Um, So it doesn't matter that you got 110 tables out there. If you've only got three servers on the floor, then you've only got nine tables at the restaurant. That's it. So they, they kind of explain this a little bit more, actually.
0: Mm-hmm. Also, Amanda says, side note, uh, because you fired them. <laughs> mm-hmm. So due to a growing staff shortage. So now that we know that beds have to be staffed, um, there we go. The constraint we have is staff, Atlas told. That's the infection. System. They're talking USA. about the workers. People have left the profession or they've been sidelined for one reason or another and they're tired. They're really tired. Could it possibly be that the CDC came out with a recommendation to return to work after five days of being uh, positive? And, and tell, no. I tell
1: you, healthcare workers, it's that hundreds to thousands of them just in Maryland got fired for not taking the vaccine. Well, but also leaving the profession.
0: Yeah. A lot of them are like, we're done with this. Yeah. Like you are, are Basically treating us like trash, and we've done all this thing as heroes, apparently, and we're done. Yeah. We're absolutely done. A lot of people have have done that. Um, At least I know empirically um, what's happening. So, uh, especially um, here in Nashville, I know a lot of nurses that... Nurses, really. I know a lot of nurses that have moved into other things like research and other things to use their license rather than patient care because they're over being in the hospital with all the ridiculous rules changing and being treated like dirt, working overtime, not being Mm -hmm. compensated. It's got, it's gotten out of hand. And with, I saw a lot of nurses, um, online when the CDC came out with their new recommendations of, even if you're COVID positive and you're asymptomatic, you can return to work after five days as being, um, so the final straw mm. and so so you know most i would say most of the problem is staff due to firing uh, being sidelined it's called firing that's like calm. that sideline means let go mm-hmm. for one reason or another they say for one reason or another yeah. Can- dr linda nabaha an infectious disease expert says most of the covid-19 patients contracted the omicron variant While it appears symptoms are milder, she stressed uh, how it is too early to tell. Right now, we have been able to differentiate if this is truly a milder illness or not.
1: Now, that's a ridiculous statement coming from the doctor, by the way. Because it is. There's plenty of data out there showing that it's much milder. In fact, inside of this article, I threw in one uh, really recent one here from the UK saying that the risk of hospitalization for people infected with Omicron is about a third of that posed by the Delta variant. That's after analyzing 528,000 Omicron cases and 573,000 Delta cases from November 22nd to December 26th. We went over the data from South Africa yesterday, by the way. Did I put that in here? Let me see. Um, I did. I did put that in here. We went over this data, Charlie, yesterday. You weren't in here. This is the data from the epicenter of omicron here's the delta wave right here 74 percent of the hospitalized patients needed oxygen therapy in wave four which south africa said is already subsiding they're actually releasing a lot of their covid restrictions right now in wave four 17 percent of the patients needed oxygen therapy Uh, mechanical ventilation 12 percent of the patients that is down to 1.6 percent for wave four which is omicron the data's in like a doctor getting out there and saying that we don't have data to see whether or not it's less severe we got plenty of data
0: the deaths reduced from 29.1 percent with delta to 2.7 percent
1: yeah but we don't have any data to show that it's less severe there's just no way of knowing so oh um
0: pull some local tennessee hospital
1: what were the numbers in there they were freaking out
0: about charlie The 82% of inpatient beds are currently in use and 72% of ICU beds
1: are in use. Okay. Here's current right now in Tennessee. I asked Lacey to send me the website where you find all this stuff. So I got got this information. It's actually just on TN.gov. She just was like, you idiot, just search it on Google. She didn't call me an idiot, but she was thinking it. I know it. They're at 91% capacity right now for available floor beds. And ninety-two percent capacity for ICU beds right now in Tennessee. Ninety-one mm-hmm. and ninety-two percent in Tennessee. It's just freaking pandemonium out here. I
0: passed by the National Guard <clears throat> on my way into the office.
1: Yeah. They set up shop over at the Titan mm-hmm. Stadium, probably to take people. They're secretly
0: giving people boosters without you even knowing it.
1: <laughs> secretly. Like, yeah. They just dri- it's a drive-by boostering. These are National
0: Guard CIA agents that operate and under the cloak of darkness.
1: You know when they shoot tranquilizer darts? Mm-hmm. They actually just load them up with booster shots. That's yeah. really all they are now. But then, then it's like attached to down. a
0: mini drone, so it flies away. So you're like, oh, what hit me? And you have no idea. Yeah. That's what they're doing
1: now. Um, go through this fact check, too, because I, I got some other stuff later on since I read all the studies to all right, talk about. So
0: I just thought this was ridiculous. It's a nice fact check here. I love fact checks. Oh, they're fun. They're my favorite. Is it normal for hospitals to be near capacity on any given day? So from PolitiFact here, Tampa nurse, Erin Marie Oleswinski.
1: Oh, there you go. I was just going to say
0: Aaron <laughs> shared such a post on Instagram. It's not unusual for hospitals to sit at max or near max capacity for on any given day. A post of a screenshot of one of her tweets reads, the media would like you to think this is a new thing, but it's not. Uh, her post on Instagram was flagged as part of Facebook's efforts to combat false news and misinformation on its newsfeed. Hospitals often run at high capacity. Representatives from hospital associations said it isn't unusual for hospitals to operate close to their maximum capacity. This is because hospitals are continually adjusting their capacity based on demand. PolitiFact ruling. Half true.
1: Half true. Half true. Now, her statement, just to clarify, was it's not unusual. It's not unusual for hospitals to sit at max or near max capacity. What she's saying is this on is any nothing given new. Day.
0: Yeah. It's nothing new. And the truth o meter from Politifact is half true. So she said it's not unusual, hospitals continually adjust their available beds and staffing according to demand because overstaffing is expensive. So it is not unusual for hospitals to operate near maximum capacity. But not all capacity utilization is the same. See this is the thing she didn't differentiate.
1: She only she, made one statement. Exactly. And they rated it half true. Exactly. The untrue part was the thing that she didn't say. Right. <laughs> just so you know. Yeah. She she didn't say, what this
0: goes <laughs> at the bottom of the article here, COVID-19 places additional strains on space, staff, and hospital resources because infected patients need to be kept isolated from others. Not anymore. If, yeah. If you're an infected healthcare worker, you just go in all
1: the rooms. Yeah. It's fine. Listen, the, what's come out, I know you... Um, you know, we read a bunch of stuff from all the really big new. I mean, we had stuff from New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post. the The R naught of Omicron is between seven and ten, and even New York Times, all those saying, "Listen, you're going to get Omicron. It's going to happen." This idea that we're going to separate people and people aren't going to get it, it's over. So we've got to act like that's not going to happen because there's no way to stop it. The even the the CDC. Uh, was out there saying that cloth masks are not effective against Omicron. That if you're going to wear a mask, it needs to be the, the N95 mask. Like, people are shifting on this, really big. There's not any separating and stopping transmission unless you're just going to stay home. That's that's really it Unless now. you're
0: going to stay in a bubble.
1: Yeah. So,
0: says here, the <laughs> claim is partly accurate, but leaves out important context. <laughs> Rerate this claim half true, folks. I can't believe that she would leave out... The context, the half true
1: is they they say that something that she didn't say was not true. I love it. And wasn't in there. It wasn't in there. She just said that this wasn't unusual for hospitals yeah. to be at
0: this capacity. She was mis. Well, she's misleading people by not saying that there's a difference with COVID-19, mm. which there's yeah. not, by the way. Yeah. And also, if there is any difference, it's because. You should look at the mass exodus of healthcare workers, either yeah. by leaving or by being fired.
1: Okay, so the the there's only one thing that I see that we can do right now because this is just a lot of crazy stuff. So what are we going to do? I talked about this a little bit yesterday. Maybe we should try and prevent people from going to the hospital if we're worried about the hospital capacities. Now, the masks aren't going to work with Omicron. Highly vaccinated areas are still at capacity without reading anything i can tell
0: you what the best thing to do is what's that lose weight (laughs) and get in shape one of the main i know nobody wants to hear that yeah but it's actually the truth yeah the 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 least amount of comorbidities that you can have in your control by the way uh i think type 2 diabetes has taken over type 1 diabetes by a long shot now which by the way, type two is, is not inherent. It's self-imposed, it's diabetes. self-imposed
1: diabetes. <laughs> now right? you might have some kind of underlying, maybe you got a thyroid condition, something like that. That's leading to some of those issues. All right. So not saying that, which it by the way, happen.
0: typically your thyroid issues can go away with weight mm-hmm. loss, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah. So, yeah. But also having the thyroid, so can it's a, a vicious of, cycle. So can a lot of autoimmune diseases and all kinds of stuff. Yeah.
1: So, so from what I can tell you just need to do the Michaela Peterson thing and just only eat meat.
0: You I'm know? not, no, I'm she not going to suggest everything,
1: that. <laughs> you know, I
0: wouldn't suggest that you should no, trust no, her. Hey. Her dad's
1: a doctor of psychology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. exactly. <laughs> all right. So the only thing I can see that we're going to be able to do is try and stop people from going into the hospital and all of these zero COVID measures, like stopping people from getting COVID is not working. It's not going to work. There's nothing, even Biden came out and said, listen, there's no solution at the federal level. This has to be done at the state level. Because he knows that this ain't going to work as far as stopping COVID and he needs to place the blame on the people that are running the states, not the people that are running the federal government. All we can do is try and find some medications to treat people earlier before they go into the hospital for COVID. Just a, just a few things, try and treat people earlier. I talked about this yesterday too. When I had COVID and I got really bad, I called my doctor three times before things started getting better. I said, Hey, is it getting kind of rough? Should I do anything? They're like, no, no. Just let us know when your oxygen goes down below 94%. <laughs> Literally called, him like, Hey, this is getting worse. You know, they're like, well, do you have a, what's the thing called? You put on your finger to, to do that. I can't remember what it's Pulsometer. called. Now. Yeah. Yeah. One of those. I'm like, yeah, I bought one on Amazon. Bullsocks. I've got one, you know, it's saying I've got like 96% still. She's like, Oh, okay. You're fine. That's fine. Just let us know if it goes below a, a certain threshold. And essentially by the sheer, through sheer tyranny of will, my immune system came out there and stopped COVID. So luckily I didn't need to go into the hospital. Why didn't they tell me to do anything at all while I was sick with COVID at all, other than wait until you need to be hospitalized. I told you you a a couple
0: things that you didn't, that you refused to do. So there was that too.
1: Yeah, but you're not a medical professional. Okay. (laughs) If I want medical advice, I'm going to go to Joe Rogan. Okay. But you won't take my calls. All right. It wasn't coming from me.
0: Yeah. It's coming from my wife.
1: Yeah. Well, um,
0: he's got a little bit of medical training.
1: So here's a couple things. You guys heard the fluvoxamine before. We talked about it a while back. All right. Here's a study from The Lancet. I'll just give you the findings from it. Early. Effective early treatment with fluvoxamine on risk of emergency care and hospitalization among patients with COVID-19. They really need to get some better title writers for their studies because that is not a hook mm-hmm. at all. At all. Anyway, the study from the Lancet found a 32% reduction in hospitalization for the people that were in the group that were taking the fluvoxamine. Now that's not massive. That doesn't just stop everyone, but what if that helps, you know, decrease well, some free of the people some beds? Yeah. Okay, then we can go down to two people in a bed. Mm-hmm. You know, you take out 30% of them. Uh, here's another one. This one was super interesting. Retrospective study. Now, when you see this, you're like, ooh, I got to read that. I got to read that study, man. Retrospective study of outcomes and hospitalization rates of patients in Italy treated at home within three days or after three days of symptom onset between November 20th and August 2021st. I tell you, it is a page turner, this whole thing. Mm. But I I turned the page. Sounds riveting. I just ordered it on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so there are 158 patients in this trial. That's not massive. Okay, but the basic treatment for all the patients consisted of, um, let's see, endomethacin, which is an NSAID, ibuprofen,
0: basically. Yeah,
1: cardioaspirin, which is an aspirin, and asperavit, which is a food supplement formulated to support the immune system. Now, what did I tell you, Nate? Yeah, Food. (laughs) There you go. No, what did I tell you to take while you were having? Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't. No one gave me any advice. Okay, uh, okay, not at all. That's right. No one ever said anything. That's fine. So here's the results of this trial. Now I don't know what a spare of it is, if that's something you can get your hands on, but aspirin and ibuprofen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now let's look at the results of this trial right here. Let me put that up here on the screen. Median symptom duration after treatment. Okay, so symptom duration for the people who took those over-the-counter medications, their symptom duration was six days. For the people who didn't take it, their symptom duration was 13 days. Total wow, that's interesting. How total many days disease. did you have a fever? 13 days? <laughs> I had a fever for eight or nine days. I can't remember what day okay. the first fever was. I know I had a fever the last day of Freedom Fest for sure, so I probably got some other people sick. I don't know. Who cares? Total disease duration in weeks, 1.14. Okay, so that's that's what that is right there for disease duration for the people who took the medication. 2.71 for the people who didn't. Hospitalization for the people who took the medication, zero. For the people who did not, 14. Uh, Death for the people who took the medication, zero. The people who did not, they had two. D-dimer levels, elevated. Two of them who took the medication had high D-dimers. 22 of them who did not had the high d dimer That uh, can indicate that maybe you're going to have a clot or something like that, right? That's right. And then chest x-rays. Which leads
0: to strokes and other things.
1: Uh, seeing some bad stuff on your chest x-rays. One person who took the medication had that. And 30 who did not take those medications had it. Now, to me, that's pretty good results from a mm-hmm. study overall. I know it's not a massive, massive sample size, but there's a reason that zero of them were hospitalized in the group that was taking the medication, and 14 of of them were in the other group. Now, if you pick more people, you're for sure going to run into people that are going to get hospitalized that are taking those medications. Mm -hmm. It's not like that's a cure-all or anything. One interesting thing in the study, zero hospitalizations, oh, zero deaths also, just making sure. I thought I saw two deaths on that one for a second anyway
0: so what should we do well and what those things do by the way so your endomethacin your NSAID but basically ibuprofen that's a non-steroid anti-inflammatory that reduces the inflammation in the body right that helps you fight infection and all kinds of things and then an aspirin thins your blood that's an anticoagulant so if you the reason why you see a lower d-dimer levels is because well it's harder for your blood to um to coagulate and yeah. cause any type of stroke or pulmonary embolism or anything like that. And that's what they were seeing with a lot of these patients on COVID. It wasn't necessarily just your lungs filling up with fluid with the thickest mucus ever devised by mucus glands <laughs> in your alveoli, which are the little tiny sacs in your lungs. Um, it wasn't just that it was people were having strokes and all kinds of things. That's what happened to my friend, by the way. Um, who was thirty-three, he ended up having two strokes. Um, and he never recovered from that. That's what actually killed him when he was in the hospital. Um, and so it was very interesting. And so I think he finally did start taking aspirin after I said, Hey
1: Me? W- yes. Um please take a daily aspirin. Someone close to me was worried about taking aspirin without a doctor telling me to do so because they don't recommend that anymore. Uh, You know, used to just be like, Oh, Hey, I'm going to take an aspirin every day. That's fine. I'm just Mm going to do that. Well, they don't recommend that anymore. And so I, um, I didn't take it. Okay. That's fine. But you didn't die. That's fine. I didn't die. That's that's good. So our sample size on that Mm -hmm. shows that I didn't need the medication, but you think like if your friend who wasn't vaccinated was, wasn't, wasn't the one that died. no, Mm -hmm. But what if he What if he would have called his doctor when he was sick, or what if it were well-known out there that when you test positive for COVID and you have symptoms, that you start taking ibuprofen and aspirin, just rotate them back and forth? He might still be here. He died from a stroke. Mm-hmm. Okay? If he started rotating ibuprofen and aspirin after that. And so that's what I'm talking about here. These are two things that everyone's got at home already. And if... If we know that they're fairly safe things to take. I used to pop ibuprofens like candy. All right. When I was out there on the military bases, they call them ranger candy. It's what they call the ibuprofens. And so what if that would stop a lot of people from being hospitalized and dying? Mm -hmm. So what really bothers me is that there's no medical, there's no public health experts that are out there recommending just something simple that might help. What if it only reduces the number by freaking 10%? What if that's it? Isn't that better than what we're at right now? It's, well, you have to get vaccinated. Got to get vaccinated. That's <laughs> it. That's the only answer.
0: The only thing that works. <laughs>
1: it's the only answer that there is out I'm there. I'm making
0: a joke, by the way.
1: <laughs> I'm making a clear joke. All right. That's a that's really all we have. The other thing. And I, the other
0: food, you know, the food supplement, that's what. Joe Rogan talks about obviously um, increasing your zinc Mm -hmm. and other vitamins and minerals that your body needs to boost the immune system. Vitamin C is a good one. Uh, Getting some vitamin D, Mm -hmm. also some sunshine, is very good for for your immune system. And so those types of things. And also, you know, like I said, not being overweight um, or having any other sorts of diseases that you know obesity can cause. uh, By the way. Uh, that obesity can lead to autoimmune diseases and all kinds of stuff. So being in shape is uh, particularly important as well. And, you know, it is kind of sad that we don't talk about those things. If we're actually, if we actually want to save lives, right. Mm-hmm. Then this is what is actually going to help is going to be the most effective at helping prevent death from this disease. And we've seen it. The, the, The data is in.
1: Imagine if two years ago, Fauci was out there talking about how everyone needs to cut their weight down and live a healthier lifestyle. Obviously, immediately, right there at the beginning of the pandemic, it's not going to help right then, you know? But what if he was out there pushing vitamins and cutting your weight down two years ago? Where would people be by now? If they were pushing that as hard as they were pushing the vaccinations, Mm and a decent amount of the country reduced their weight and lived healthier. Where would we be right now with all these hospitalizations and the deaths that are occurring too? It, wouldn't it be a little bit better? Just a little bit? They're not actually interested in that. They're not. That's what keeps leading me to, I try to not be a conspiracy theorist, <clears throat> but gall that there ain't something else going on here, I'll tell you what, man.
0: 42.4% of the United States is obese. mm that's not good. Obesity pre- uh, prevalence was 42.4% in 2017 and 18. Um, it, it increased over the last decade from 30% to 42%. Oh. Uh, severe obesity increased. It doubled 4.7% to 9.2%.
1: Just think, if for two years, we would have implemented full-on socialism. Everyone would have lost like thirty <laughs> percent of their weight, <laughs> and we'd be doing better right now. Hey, you know,
0: you know that's a thought.
1: <laughs> I don't know what the figures are based on BMI. The way that they tell people they're obese, sometimes, like I, you know, I've known people that were told they're obese, and I was like, that's got to be a crazy wide range that they tell people mm-hmm. that they're obese. I don't know. Anyway, let's go because uh, I tell you the truth, I'm about to pee my pants. Yeah, feel like an all American. I Feel like an all American right wow. now. Mm-hmm. an obese all-american or this, just a regular all-american uh, it's this lagunitas ipna running straight through me right now <laughs> my body's like no there is 0.5 percent alcohol by volume in there get your it out
0: liver done done everything i need to do with it mm-hmm. all right folks well if you enjoyed today's show as i know that you did please go to youtube and hit that subscribe button then go to your favorite podcasting app that you listen to spotify now has a follow button As well as Apple Podcasts, hit that plus sign or follow button. Share the show with a friend, the family. Share it with the people that hate you the most. And for me, that's a lot. (laughs) So hopefully for you, it's not many, but uh, everybody has haters, I think.
1: Well, you you don't want to share it with the people that hate Charlie the most because those people already listen to the podcast. And Costco said
0: from the live group, he said, but most importantly, join the live group to hate on me. That's fun. So, goodmorningliberty.locals.com. Get your hate in. If you've got hate in your heart for me, you let it out in the live group. That's what I want you to do. So go to goodmorningliberty.locals.com. Give Nate some of your money because I don't get any of it. Nate takes advantage of me. So go there. Give Nate your money. Join the live group so you can hate on me, and uh, I'll take it all. I'll take the. I'll be taken advantage of. I'll take the hate. I'll take it all. Just put it on my shoulders. And uh, I'll carry that cross up the hill in the snow, back and forth.
1: As a wise man once said, you get what you deserve, good and hard. Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Was that in the Thai? We, That's from Taiwan? That was from
1: Vietnam. Oh, that was yeah, Vietnam. Yeah, actually. Okay. I learned that back in Nam.
0: Anyway, if you do yeah. all of those things, and I mean all of them, go to mastermindtrades.com. Then we'll be back again tomorrow. I hope you have a good day and a good morning liberty.